0: This episode of RFK Refugees is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to ensure that there are future episodes and help this show grow, visit patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. That's patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. Enjoy the show. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. RFK Refugees podcast. Ted here, John here, talking wins, talking three points, talking all kinds of cool and amazing things happening with DC United. But before we begin, John, how are you doing, my friend? I'm great. You know, I,
1: I love when I predict things and they and they come to fruition just completely. I knew all I knew that lineup, I could tell it was gonna happen. I knew we were gonna score three goals in the first half. I knew it. I just could tell. So I'm glad that this game was extremely predictable and it went the way I thought it would. So it always feels it always feels good. It's like well, that's why we do a podcast because we can see the future and we're such great soccer analysts that we could we could have seen that happening. So in that way, I feel
0: good. I can tell you, you're, you're I, I I think you are completely wrong because there's no way you could have predicted this. I'm sorry. Oh, if, if you
1: listen to the show last week, I definitely said there's definitely scoring three goals in the first half. And Russell Canales is actually a really good right back. I said that. Ask anyone.
0: I think I think we're gonna need the uh, we're gonna need to go back to the tape on that one. I will get back <laughs> to you on that. I don't believe that for a second. Okay. I don't I, I don't believe that for a second that anyone predicted this. But um, I, I maybe wasn't shocked. I guess looking back on it, I'm not shocked. It was a win because this is probably the one team that maybe DC uh, could have could have beaten um they are about as much of a dumpster fire as literally any team in, in the league at this point um they are absolutely uh garbage they fired their coach um all kinds of all kinds of things um and so i would not not necessarily not very shocked that the team necessarily came out with the win i wasn't necessarily expecting a three nothing win and i certainly was not expecting russell canals as a right back that was probably the most surprising move i've seen the fact that he was on the field too and the fact that he was a right back yeah <laughs> i i think i agree very true <laughs> i i just i i actually saw the lineup and i i got a, i was like is ben olsen like trying to get fired here like is he trying to actually like lose his job because it didn't it didn't make sense to me everybody pointed out to me well he played right back in Germany, and i said yeah but that was you know what, 2017? So we're talking like over two years ago since he's played that position. Um, I, I didn't quite see it, uh, but he showed very well in that position. Uh, very, very well. Um, excellent, even, in that position. Uh, so I, I thought it was, uh, it was a nice surprise to see. The game overall, I, I go back and, and, and I was watching the game and I, I was just kind of maybe excited about the goals, so to speak, um i don't know if you would call this a a master class game necessary it was it was very much i uh, do we dare we say classic benny ball
1: yeah if benny ball is a three nothing win on the road if, if that can happen and it has it has occasionally been the case uh yeah it was it was like that uh the goals were not i don't think anyone's getting nominated for goal of the week on any of these i don't think um but the, the, difference, the difference was between – well, A, there's two big differences besides the scoreline. One, they didn't give a, up a goal in 10 minutes, so that's good. So that's sort of like the hallmark of D.C. United failure in the last two months slash six years. Um, and, and also in the second half, they decided that they were – I don't know if they decided, but they were basically under pressure the entire last 45 minutes. And the, the defensive structure did not break down. No one took any plays off. Uh in the last few games, uh the, the sort of the recurring failure was the center backs were either too far apart or were stretched and balls were played right in between that in, in between that gap for for opportunities uh, over and over and over again. So uh it's not like that now. So that's great. <laughs> that, that was great. That was the that was the best thing about that is that uh, it was the second half was not pleasant to watch. No one who's a DC United fan was like, This is fun, I like this. we should, <laughs> we should always play like this. But the results are great.
0: It almost gave me shades of. Uh, I was kind of entering the second half. The team up three nothing. Things cruising along, and then this thought popped in my head about a game last season against Toronto FC, where it, the before uh, before Rooney um, before Rooney came and before everything uh, the team was up three nothing. And everything just kind of fell apart. It ended up being a three-three draw. And at that moment, we kind of all thought the season was over. So that moment popped in my head when I saw um, when I saw Montreal, uh, you know, coming in, closing in, making tons and tons of, of runs and chances. Um, as far as the goals go, I, let's let's break those down. So the first goal comes off a comes off a free kick, a sort of deflected free kick. Uh, that you know, Ola Kamara is there. Does DC score that? If you know someone else is in that position, maybe. Um, but you know, maybe you have to give credit to Ola Kamara for sort of being in the right place at the right time and being that clinical finisher, which is why he's here. And both his goals were just, they were just, they were finishing type goals. They were not pretty. They were not, you know, excellent by any stretch. You know, they were not goals. Not of like the his first
1: goal. Not yeah. like his first curler outside the 18.
0: <laughs> yeah. They were not goals of the week. They were not, they were not anything. So, um, but, uh, they were just very much picks the ball up. You know, outside in the 18 and slots at home, especially for the first one. Uh, the second goal for Ariola was a kick over the top, a Route One classic uh, goal, which I'm sure is going to win goal of the week um, in a lot <laughs> of categories and things like that. But uh, but yeah, very much uh, very fun to see, very uh, very good to see uh, the team at least put the ball in the back of the net and be clinical and be and be strong on defense, which this team has struggled for a lot. Um, Bill and Paul will- has
1: Paul has biffed that that finish a number of times this yeah. year. So it was good to see him not do it this time.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, and I think uh, uh, I think at this point um, we're going to go ahead. We're going to open the phone lines for you all to call in. Phone number right there at the top. Right, I'm trying to move around. Right there, zero two nine zero five zero four five four. It's very difficult to move like when you have to think.
1: Sure, we got a question in the chat too. I want to make sure we get to Jay Little Girl says, was it a fluke or was it a sign of things that could come in a post Rooney? Post Acosta world, um, I I don't know if it was a fluke. I think Montreal, as we've sort of discussed, is one of the few teams that's this bad. Um, so that that's that's one thing in our <laughs> one thing in our in our in our favor there. I do think that Kamara is a different kind of forward that may suit the rest of this team better potentially than Rooney. We we talked about the Rooney Acosta thing last year it was sort of a singular offensive. Thing it was like it was a it was a I can't think of the word to describe it. Basically, it was a phenomenon. Basically, it wasn't they weren't structuring the team around. That wasn't a game plan. They were just like, all right, Rooney and Acosta, you're going to stay close and you're going to pass the ball back and forth, and it's going to work out. That's we're going to everybody else sort of just support that. But the offense is going to come from these two players in a one-two passing formation in the middle in the middle of the field. Now uh, you're bringing the wings into play. You're bringing in a lot more. uh, You can uh, crossing for goals is actually a possibility because Rooney's never really going to stick his head in there uh, and, and win you header and, and have that happen. It also enables other people to take free kicks that wouldn't have taken free kicks and other people to take corners who might actually be better than Wayne Rooney taking quarters because newsflash folks, he's not actually that good at doing it, but despite, <laughs> just but he gets to do it. So that's the way that goes. Uh, do you think, I don't want to be too optimistic. I don't want to paint too optimistic a picture of, you know, saying, the, our two best players not in the lineup makes us better for sure. And we're just, we just, that's great. I'm so glad they're leaving. Good. <laughs> I don't necessarily want to get there, but what do you think?
0: I think, I think this was, this was a situation in which Olson says, I need to, I need to make some, you know, drastic changes or some, some big changes. I think the biggest, the biggest thing about this was not having Leonardo Hara um, in the game. I thought that was very, very surprising. And it seems to me, he's like, you know, we're coming down to the stretch. If you're not showing me, you know, you can be, you can be a, a, a part of this team and you're willing to work for it, then, you know, we're, uh, we don't want you. And, you know, we're going to find some other way to get to get the job done. Um, you know, what was very funny to me was, I believe it was mentioned by Matt Doyle, it was mentioned that, you know, one of Ben Olsen's traits that he liked when he talked about the beginning of the season was that Ben Olsen never plays anybody out of position. Um, I think we can pretty much take that, you know, idea and just, like, chuck it in the shredder. Um, because I don't I, I he you know, the fact that he plays, you know where he's played, you know, Leonardo Hara sort of as a winger, he's played Russell Canals now as a right back. You know, things some things have worked, some things haven't worked. Uh Russell Canals worked. Uh Leonard O'Hara in that three five two he was trying, uh, wasn't working. Uh for better or worse. Um but you I at least give him credit and I can hear the Olsen out people just getting their like tweet storm and firestorm ready um I, I can hear i can hear them already i can hear them typing up you know the questions or, or trying to call into the show but uh to give olson credit uh he has not i guess written something down to the like he, he's just gonna he he you know paint some fantasy in his head about oh this is gonna work eventually it was very clear it wasn't working when it became obvious it wasn't working then he said nope um, i'm out you know we're gonna we're gonna shift back to what we know we might try some different positions um, things like that. So, uh, give him credit for that. I give him credit for that, especially in this game. There was a,
1: there was a tweet. I think it was a, your boy fancy on Twitter was saying that you got to give it to Ben Olson, that he has this ridiculous ability to turn midfielders into right backs. And it's almost, it's almost like an NFL like specificity. Like it's like turning, you know, like basketball players into tight ends. Like he's got this one thing where he's like, I know where to put you. You're I know you're going to do good here. Trust me. And then every player that he's done that to has, or most players that he's done it to have, have succeeded later. You know, I I think that all of a sudden after the Felipe Martins trade, you had a question of, and for the fact he's been playing fine, I don't think he's been, I don't think he's been killing it, but he's certainly been pretty dependable. And I think they probably like his fire and that's and so much of, the, of this team is basically motivation and staying turned on for the entire 90 minutes. I think they're probably like, yeah, we're going to keep him on the field. So uh, the fact that Canals came back, they needed to put him on the field. Also, Leohara has not impressed at right back for quite a while. Um, it was it was a sort of a happy accident that 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 worked out that way. I think he's going to start the rest of the way. Uh, Olsen would not say he was going to start the rest of the season. He was saying he would be in contention. I, I feel like they're going to want to they're going to want to keep this configuration because it he really shored up that part of the field, and I think probably with more practice. He'll he'll do even better. I think it's it's he's not gonna he's not gonna you know as they he's not gonna say makes swashbuckling runs up the right. It's not O'Neill Fisher. It's gonna be something a little bit more steady and a little less exciting. However, I think what they need right now is potentially a little more steady and a little less exciting.
0: And and the nature is, you can make the argument that you know this is the first lineup that's gotten a convincing win of more than three goals probably since the second game of the season. I, I don't even have to look at the schedule to make sure my reasoning in this is correct or not. This team the last time this team won by, you know, I would say maybe even more by more well, I guess they did beat Cincinnati 4 1. But just to have a, a shutout win like this, they've had it it's happened three times this season. It's happened against RSL in the beginning, very second game of the season, and it's happened against uh against Cincinnati, which is basically like beating a USL championship team, let's be serious. And it's happened against uh against Montreal on the road in a game that they needed to win. They needed to turn around. And after all of this, like talk about the team potentially falling out of the playoffs, falling, falling out, you know, dropping down. All this, all this talk about that. The team's out back in fourth place and back hosting the opening game against the Red Bulls because the, the Red East Bulls, is weird. The East the, is so weird. The East is a mess. That's probably the best way to describe it. Um, if you called NYC and Philadelphia clinching the playoffs before Atlanta. Um, then you need to go to Vegas and bet on MLS games, even though you should never bet on MLS games. <laughs> don't,
1: don't don't do it. <laughs> I have I have the receipt to to tell you really to never do that. But for sure, after this weekend against Montreal and the other results that happen this weekend, I mean, unless you just like throwing your
0: money away, and in which case, yeah, definitely bet. Yeah, yeah. Unless you unless you like losing uh, losing money, it's getting a little better. But I w- I will agree, it's very much. It's very much a, a wild uh, a wild west out there with MLS and results and things going things going weird and things going crazy. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else like we really want to like I really want to decipher about this game. I guess I, all the talk and all the hatred towards um, uh, towards Felipe Martins when he was brought in. He's been a very very steady presence in that in that midfield, um, and uh, also you know now the team is losing uh chris durkin who's being loaned out to about bel- a mid a mid-type belgian team as far as i can as far as i can tell so um so who
1: who who if they were to sign him for the option uh i think it's 2.25 million dollars yes. it would be a club record so that that will tell you sort of where we're shooting for however apparently they're very good at developing and selling their players on which i think is the whole point here so i'm sure he's happy to be there hopefully he gets i assume based on the size of what the transfer would be, they're really going to give him a shot and evaluate him. And they're not just bringing him over there to sit on the bench. So yeah. I'm happy for him there. I hope that it works out. I hope that he succeeds and we can sell him for that amount of money. That would be a good outcome for me.
0: This is not a Bill Hamid 2.0 situation. No. This is not Bill Hamid going and sitting on the bench. Um, so I, I think it's I think it's good for him. I think it's good that he's getting an opportunity uh, to go abroad. I think he's getting, it's good that D.C. is maybe they've realized maybe from, from the Bill Hamid situation from, you know, I guess maybe a little bit, the Andy Nahar situation from watching a lot of these, some of these players just kind of leave and not really get anything for them. Uh, Perry kitchen being one. Um, uh, I think Perry Kitchen's probably the most recent. Uh, maybe they realized that we need to give him an opportunity. We need to let him go. We're going to, you know, they basically pulled what Leonard what they did with what Boca juniors did with Leonardo Hara, which is I think they restructured his contract or gave him an extension of some sort, so that way, when he gets back from his loan, it's still you know reasonable for a club to want to purchase him or buy him. So, um, it, it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of get his stock back because he had a lot of stock heading out of that first U uh, twenty World Cup. Um, I think about four years ago, uh, it was it, he was huge. It was it was huge, and then I think DC really everybody was kind of saying everybody was thinking the same thing. DC took a calculated risk, I think, to sell him or to, uh, to try to move him. At that point, I think they wanted to see what the U twenty World Cup would bring him, and it might actually be his benef- to his benefit because I think if he gets loaned out to Benfica or to a Bundesliga club, I'm not so sure he sees the field. I'm not sure if he's there yet. But going to maybe a smaller Belgian club gives him an opportunity maybe to see the field, um, to see the field a little bit easier and a little bit and and to have a, a better opportunity and a better chance. And hopefully, he flourishes and hopefully we sell him for a good fee and BC gets 100 of that of those. Uh, of those sweet, sweet uh, transfer fee money. So, um, it- And there's a sell-on
1: also. So yeah. if he gets filled
0: on again, they'll get 20%
1: of whatever goes on there. I think if he did go to Germany, he probably would have played, the if only because the Bundesliga has such an, an immense love affair for young Americans right now. Uh, but other than that, I, I agree. It would have been not quite a Freddie Adu situation, but certainly not the best for his development to go play in Benfica B.
0: I just don't, I just don't see him, I guess, as a, he's not like a Tyler Adams. He's not getting, he's getting youth national team starts, but by the time Tyler Adams was headed over there, um, and and I think even Josh, Josh Sarden got signed right off the bat. These are more loan offers that were being, and and there weren't, there weren't people coming in and, you know, wanting to get offers for him. We we heard about offers for Tyler Adams, you you know, well in before he made his move, his Move so to speak to uh, to basically the other side of the the other side of the Red Bull company. Let's be serious. Uh, when he signed with <laughs> with Red Bull Leipzig, um, oh, he's killing it now. Yeah, he is killing it, and is killing it. So hopefully, you know, hopefully we see the same for um uh, for Chris Durkin. Uh, so definitely good for him. And in the meantime, the team appears to have a structure in place with you know Junior Moreno, Russell Canals. and I'm going to go ahead and say it, Felipe Martins. As much as it might pain some people to say uh, to say to say um, where they can sort of have that structure in place, maybe go find some other players, uh, bring them in next season to to really build build on that base that they already have. Uh, looks like JL uh, O the book, JLO the book girl says at some point can you comment on the U.S. Uh, men's national team call ups? And no Hamid there. I think we've all just pretty much accepted the fact that I, I, I don't think Berhalter values Bill Hamid. I think he, he, he wants a goalkeeper that is going to pass the ball, who's going to move the ball. Bill Hamid has gotten better in that regard, I think. I think he's gotten maybe better than maybe someone to give him credit for. Is it to the level that Berhalter will want? Um, I think even if he gets to that level, even even if you can make an argument he gets to that level, for whatever reason, I don't think you're going to see him, Bill Halter make that move, and uh, that's his decision. I vehemently disagree with it. I think John vehemently disagrees with it. It's true. Um, yeah, it's. It, I, I just don't see it happening. Um, Ariola was interesting, I guess, that he didn't make the lineup.
1: He um, asked not to be in. It's for oh, family okay. reasons. He cho- He withdrew himself.
0: Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So so that's that. That solves of that issue. So I mean, that was maybe a worry. You know, maybe he's falling out of favor um, with the national team. But man, way- he,
1: he he's penciled. He's he's written in pen, man. Berhalter loves Samario like he loves Jossie's artist right now. So I am. We know for sure he'll get a lot of exposure and opportunity under under a great Berhalter regime. I think unless he does something really. And he was not clinical in the Gold Cup, and he's still starting every game. So I think I I think that he sticks with his guys. It appears so. That's good. That's good for his benefit.
0: And you know Especially. I. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: No, I was saying, and Bill Hamid clearly not one of his guys.
0: Yeah, and I think the you know uh, an interesting thing would be. So let's say that uh, Chris Durkin excels um, at the Belgian club he's going to. Let's say he absolutely tears it up and just you know gets a gets a contract, regular starter there. Gets sold on to I don't know another Bundesliga club. Excels there. Do you think you see him you know fitting into that um, fitting into that national team lineup that is chock full of center defensive midfielders. I mean, there is, there is a plethora of center defensive midfielders that, that play for the U S men's national team so much so that they move Tyler Adams to right back. Uh, yeah. because they have so many of those players. What do you think, John? Do you, do you see it happening? I don't,
1: I, he would have to really kill it there. And then he would have to get a transfer to a bigger team in Europe and then also kill it there. Um, he, you know, I don't want to say the U 20, you know, performance hurt him that badly. I think that he, It was on even. I think he had two games good, and then he had two games pretty bad, uh, or maybe three games pretty bad, and. Also, it was sort of stacked up all in a row. I think there could have been some tired legs. We we were wondering if there was going to be any rotation in that tournament. In the midfield, he sort of rolled with the same midfield, and I think it burned him in the in the in the, in the knockout round. Um, so I I think that had he gone in and, and crushed it, gotten his transfer, he would have had a higher profile, and there would have been more of a, a thought that you know he's the future in that in that part of midfield. But like you said, you know we're we're only deep in a few places, uh, and unfortunately for him one of those places is his position. If he played left back or right back or forward, you know, there's there's some there's places that where he could uh, but he doesn't obviously so so that's yeah. just tough luck for him.
0: I would say center back and I've always thought that if if he could develop into a strong center back with an ability to pass out of the back like he does uh with, with his ability to play long balls. I've always thought that's a role where if he could if he could if if Ben Olson was willing. If there's a team out there that's willing to try him there, and he can exceed there, that's a position where he might be able to sneak in because that that's the type of player that Berhalter would want—a guy, a player, a defensive back who can also play out of the back, and that's where he can might maybe find uh, sneak himself in. I've always wondered. I've always wondered. You know, he's a, a tall guy, so you know, you know, winning headers or winning crosses shouldn't be an issue for him. Uh, but if he can develop that sort of physicality, the defensive, you know, stalwart part of his game, and then he can also Bring in that ability to play the balls, you know, out of the back, and you know, make those long, you know, passes and make those right decisions. Uh, that could be a player that Berhalter that could really work well in Berhalter's system with how he wants to play. So um, that is kind of another thought I have. Maybe, maybe this Belgian team might say, you know, you're really good defensively and you're really good passing. Let's move you to the defense, you know, to defense. Let's see what happens. So um, that would be, that would be something interesting to certainly see happen. And since we're all watching lower
1: to mid-table Belgian first division games, we'll really get a good grasp on that, I think. Yeah, it's my, maybe it's on Flow Sports. Maybe they bought the rights. Who knows? Yeah, well,
0: yeah. Who knows? There's
1: a there's a comment in the YouTube chat uh, from M. Rickling saying, "How are we going to beat a team that isn't a dumpster fire when versus the dumpster fire we had 35 percent of the ball and we're outshot 24 to seven? I said that is a fair point. Uh, it will be interesting to watch how the run out goes uh, against teams that are a little bit better. Uh, and are maybe a bit more clinical with the, with their finishing. I don't want to. I don't necessarily want to think about it. The good news is we don't have any real games until the fifteenth. However, we do have now. Now I sold my tickets to this game on the fourth uh, against Puebla. Uh, it, Wayne Rooney's going to play most of the game, so that'll be funny. Uh, the less funny part will be for the people who are going there and are excited to see Wayne Rooney to watch DC United get absolutely. Pasted by Puebla because that's going to happen. It's not going to quite be a Marseille seven to one game. Uh, we're going to see a lot of Loudon players once again uh, against this team. I'm not sure what Puebla's current uh, place in the table is, but I still think this is going to be a, a bit of a, a bit of a beaten.
0: So, so the interesting about Puebla. So, the, the exciting thing about the idea of of Puebla, com- of Puebla coming here, and the reason I was really going to watch it because uh, Chalice. Was their coach um, until I think about a couple weeks ago. Um, so they they were actually they've started very very poorly so much that they actually fired him um, and and replaced him with someone else. And I think they've gotten a little bit better. Um, but I, I think this is going to be a little bit more of an even matchup um, with maybe with Wayne Rooney out there. The fact that the team doesn't have um, they don't have a game in the weekend. They have this game Wednesday and and then they're they're off that weekend. I think you'll see Ben maybe run out, you know, more more first team months, and our, our our depth is also bigger. I think you'll see um, you'll see players like uh, you'll you'll definitely see um um uh, Emmanuel Boateng out there. You'll yeah. probably I don't know if you'll see Felipe Martins. You might see Russell Knauss out there. You might be seeing him trying to get some fitness. Uh, Chris Durkin definitely would have been out there if he isn't in Belgium right now. So I think you're still going to see some more. I think you'll still see a mix of maybe they'll bring in some uh, some Loudon guys, but I don't think it's going to be as much a couple DC guys and a bunch of Loudon United players. It's going to be more DC guys. So I think it'll be closer than you think. The Washington Post begs to
1: differ with that. According to this week, it's, they, they made it very much sound like it was going to be pretty, pretty heavily weighted on the, uh, on the Harry Hawkins of the world of the Kelly uh, Browns of the world. Although we've got enough goalies that it won't be Kelly Brown, but we'll see. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm still glad that I, I, I traded in my tickets for $36 of, of FAM, which I was going to use. Uh, so apparently for Meet the Team Day on the 7th, you can buy fast passes to meet Wayne Rooney and Lucho. And as listeners will know, my, two, my too tight Wayne Rooney jersey that can only be used as an autograph canvas, I was, I'm very excited to go see it. However, if you want to buy a fast pass to meet him, it costs $150 for season ticket holders to get a fast pass to meet Wayne Rooney. Same thing for Lucho uh so i'm not gonna do that <laughs> so i'm gonna <laughs> wait in line because i i'm not so you, i don't like to light money on fire
0: you can't but, add the fam as like a discount or something like no, that. no you got to have
1: all all or nothing so i've wow. got i've got this money that i just can't use i guess i'll have i guess i'll buy
0: uber uber codes with it or whatever yeah yeah one of my I can do one of my friends did the uber did the uber codes route so um yeah <laughs> By the way, call us, everybody, 202-905-0454. Give us a call into the show. Give us your thoughts on the game against Montreal, the team. Are you? Did this game bring you out of the Olsen out category? It probably didn't, but, you know. No, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Particularly
1: you're if open. you made the investment to make your Twitter name about Olsen being out, or uh, <laughs> if, like, if you're heavily invested in the meme economy for Olsen out. You're not going to just make a change. There was actually a pretty good meme that was uh, on. I think on the MLS Reddit, it was just basically saying like, uh, uh, it "Was I? I don't remember the the structure, but basically it was like people that were very concerned that this this one win against a bad team is going to ensure another year of coaching for their horrible coach. <laughs> like, it could happen. It would be hilarious, I guess, but no, I don't think so. I still think we, I still think we think things are going to go the way they're going to go.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I think this this it's going to be interesting to see if this can maybe spark the team a little bit, get them to over, you know, to overplay like they have sometimes. Uh, It was very clear that not only was maybe the team, you know, just not playing well, the effort wasn't there. Um, The effort was not, was not there. Um, And it wasn't, um, uh, it wasn't there and it wasn't, uh, it, it, it wasn't, up to the standards that you would expect. My hope is maybe this is going to sort of light a fire and make it more like give the team a little bit more of an effort like we saw. So um, that, that's my hope. Uh, but uh, it was overall, I mean, it was a great week for, um, uh, for DMV-related teams. Uh, even Loud United goes out and wins 4-0. Um, which, by the way, we're going to have Gregory Koch come and give his thoughts on the new stadium. I think he went to that game probably. That was 4 nothing. I'm pretty sure. Um, so, it'll be interesting to see what he has to say about that. He should be calling, uh, calling in relatively soon. Uh, but, John, what did you think about the? Uh, what did you think about the game? Uh, I think. Yes. Producer Brian, <laughs> Greg, are you with us? Yes. Hey, Greg, what's going on, man?
2: Good. Hey, what's up?
0: Give us uh, so you you uh, the floor is yours, my friend. You you are part of the Patreon, so you get the chance to call in and we give you to we give you a segment to talk about whatever you want. So the floor is yours, my friend. Okay. Also also
1: plug your website name too at the top so people can find the work.
2: Okay, so like what, like I don't know if you were John or Ted, which one you are, but like both of you said, I'm Gregory Cash. i I write for a site called stadiumjourney.com, and. So, so I'm calling to talk about the review, the article I wrote. It's up now, actually, about Segra Field and London United. And fortunately, there's some maintenance going up on the web, going on on the website this evening. So if you can't get on the site now, try back later. If you're listening to this podcast tomorrow, something should already be taken care of. But anyway, so it's, once again, it's StadiumJourney.com. So just some brief background. We have at 2000 2,200 maybe reviews of sporting venues across the U.S., Canada, beyond. Soccer-wise, we have every MLS venue. We have about half of the USL. We have some college soccer. We have lots of stuff in Europe. One of our correspondents even went to a World Cup qualifier in Bhutan a few months ago. That article is unfortunately not up yet, but we're really looking forward to it. So we rank these venues based on what we call the Fanfare score and that's an acronym for food and beverage, atmosphere, neighborhood, fans, access, return on investment, and extras, and two of these sorry, were you saying something?
1: Nope. Uh, what how, how much does the score get knocked down for the porta potties? I, I assume that's a neg- I assume that knocks the score down slightly. Yeah,
2: we'll get to that. So, <laughs> anyway, so each of these is 0 out of 5, with 0 being non-existent and 5 being excellent. So I mostly cover the D.C. area. I mean, not entirely D.C. I've covered the Kickers and Richmond. I did actually do Towson soccer in the Baltimore area a couple of weeks ago. I've covered all Army basketball over at West Point, but mostly it's the D.C. region. I mean, how you define the D.C. region is a bit interesting. I cover the northern Shenandoah Valley, which I don't. So I think most people would consider the DC area, but I don't cover Southern Maryland, which I think
1: most people would. But anyway, that's let's get let's get to Loudon, Greg. Let's let's talk about the the game and then and exactly. the stadium and how you experienced it.
2: I was about to say that's enough introduction. Let's get to what I was saying. What I mean, yeah. So the overall score we gave Loudon was two point five seven, which is, I mean. Not, not great. That
0: good, but not <laughs> terrible.
2: I've <Like>, given worse. <laughs> anyway. So food and beverage we actually it's actually that's probably its strongest area. We gave about a five. I mean, you talked about this before. They've got a lot of food trucks. I mean, not everything's available every game, but when I was there there were papusa's, there was some barbecue, there was actually two different barbecue places. There was Isidano's Pizza, there was some ice cream, lemonade. I mean, other games, apparently they have Jamaican.
1: They, Jamaican they had Jamaican for my game. My game but that's... Sorry? They had Jamaican for my game, I can attest. They had patties and all the uh, other was Jamaican it? stuff. Uh-huh. It, I didn't have it. I looked at it. It looked very Jamaican. Well, yeah, that's how it's supposed to look. Indeed.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, the prices were a bit high for USL, but, I mean, it's good food. It's not just your stadium food, so I'd say it's worth it.
0: Je- uh, uh, give us a sense of the, um, I guess, the overall atmosphere, I guess, of the stadium, because I feel like the first game, obviously, a lot of people showed, showed up, and I don't think you actually attended yeah. the first game. I what- didn't.
2: Well, no, I attended on Saturday,
0: two days ago. Two days ago, so you you saw the uh, the the four nothing win. So that that was probably a pretty good game yeah. to to go out and see. I guess what did you how has have you noticed? I mean, has there been a good transition? I guess in this in the stands, are more people coming? Mean, still, people still coming out the
2: games. The attendance was. I, mean, I think the first game was a sellout. They haven't really come close since. I think there were about fifteen hundred to two thousand people there on Saturday night. Seeds what forty two hundred something like that.
1: Yeah uh, the uh the, the problem for them is their their pricing is they're they're selling tickets for like sixty five dollars yeah, I mean, to see minor league soccer in Loudon County.
2: It was sort of ridiculous. I mean, it's I mean the cheapest were what? what let me check, I have this. Me see. Fifteen the for they're fifteen for, for the bleachers. we fifty and the cheapest were 50, which was for the supporters bleachers. And if you actually, and then if you don't want to sit there, then it's between nineteen and fifty-four with, for sideline seats, unless you want the all-inclusive seats with concessions for a hundred, which for USL that's a bit pricey. I mean, It's very pricey for USL. Parking's five dollars. It's free in a lot of places.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, it's can friend you quite a bit. So, uh so Get back here. <laughs> Yeah, where did where did you sit? Right. Where were where you, you seated on the west stand, east stand? Where were you located? Uh, I was, uh,
2: I don't know what it, it would be west. I think is the sun was setting
1: behind me, so it gets okay. Yep. West. Yeah, that's the good side to be on because it's not in your face.
2: <laughs> yeah. How so did you, you have a... The, the so you, you were you were asking about the atmosphere earlier, I assume, that's what you were about to ask again. So yeah, I mean. To start out with, it's a small stadium, so anywhere you sit is really anywhere you sit is really going to be a good seat. I mean, that's always nice. And I mean, problem is they really have been drawing good crowds since the opener. I mean, T a lot of places don't get great crowds, but still, I mean, most of them get more than a couple thousand. Not all of them. It's worth noting. So. I think what is it it's World Park Rangers is averaging, what, 500 or better than that.
0: So, uh, give, me a, give me a question, give me a thought. Um, what are you, uh, what do you, if you were looking, if you were Lowny United and you wanted to sort of improve the score, you wanted to improve the experience overall at the stadium, give me, like, your top three suggestions.
2: I mean, some of the things I'm assuming they'll do eventually, like, I mean, I'm a Like, a lot of, like, the port I assume they'll put in real ones eventually, so I'm not going to count that. But I think they need to... Well, first of all, you've got to find some way to put more fans in the seats, whether that's lowering ticket prices, marketing better, doing both. I really don't know, because the supporters who were there, everyone who was there, especially the supporters, they were loud, they were into it. Problem is, there weren't that many people there, and even the people who were into it, a lot of them... Or not a lot of them, but some of them, to put it bluntly, politely, really were not that familiar with soccer. The players, like the people behind me, kept referring to every black player on the field as Paul Pogba.
1: Which Paul Pogba, not even not even the one that's playing in America, not even as they were assuming it was Paul.
2: Yeah, they said, "Oh, it's Paul Pogba."
1: That's
0: unfortunate. <laughs> Florentine Pogba is going to win a trophy before uh, Paul has won a has won a trophy more recently than Paul Pogba. Just let that set in. Take that, Man United
1: fans. Um, so, all right. So, uh, would you say you know the, the the score was not super high, and I think that the team, you know, aside from this nil win, you get to witness their first win at home. Uh, would you? I don't know where I don't know where you're situated or or you're located at. Would you go out there again for? Just for fun, not being on assignment, or would do you think this was your one of your only Segura field trips? I at
2: some point, if I, I might, at some point, if I can make the schedule work, it's about a 40 minute drive for me. And the other thing is, I have to take the toll road and the greenway, so it costs me like nine bucks in tolls each way, in addition to what I'm paying the team. So, <laughs>
1: yeah, I think that's a good disincentive.
2: That's going to be trend. That's going to be that's going to be true for basically anyone coming from this direction too. So it's, that might be part of the problem. People, people don't feel like paying
1: twenty, almost $20 in just to see a soccer game. Yeah, particularly a minor league soccer game. So <laughs> uh, I want to I give you a chance. Yeah. So if you had to give a one-sentence review to, to about Field or the Loudoun United experience for someone who hasn't been, so if you had to distill your entire review down to one sentence, uh, what would it be if you could do that?
2: I mean, I'd say there's a lot of room for improvement, but hope that hopefully it's a brand new stadium, so hopefully they make some improvements eventually, get more fans in there, and and I mean, basically they can't just stop now, but it's a good start. But that's all it is—a start. They need to keep improving it.
0: Yeah, Greg, uh, thanks so much for coming on and giving us those thoughts. Uh, You can check Greg out at Stadium Journey. Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks so much for calling in. Yeah, thank you.
2: Have a, have a good night.
0: You too. You Bye. too. Hi, that was Greg Gregory Koch over at Stadium Journey. Um, so I mean, I think I think one, one thing we have to we have to realize with with Loudoun United and with everything is that you know, they're they're, they're going to be improvements that are going to be made to the stadium, the drive and where it's located. It's just where they, I mean, this is I think the important thing for for. Loudoun United and for the organization is to get people from the the Loudoun area to show up to that game and and the surrounding areas, Um, because if if they aren't getting those people out, then it it doesn't really matter because I mean, no one, some DC people will drive up, but very few DC people are going to drive up from uh, uh, from. Uh, from all the way from like Fairfax or something like that. It is an absolute trek to get out there. I'm sure John knows how long of a trek it is to get out there. It was a
1: trek and it's also on a very narrow road. I think it's good for only people who live in Loudoun. And that's not, that's not nobody. Like that's that you could theoretically fill a stadium or near fill a 5,000 seater stadium with those people. I think it's just a problem that you had the stadium open halfway through the year in the hottest part of the year I think that with a full season, they'll have a lot better ability to draw more consistently. Right now, it's just uh,
0: it's not it's not pretty, but it doesn't really matter anyway. I think
1: they're I think they'll be fine.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. So, but I mean, of course, the interesting question is that they're only drawing 1,500, 2,000 fans. There's been you know a lot of talks about MLS two teams moving down to USL League One. Um, I guess the question then becomes if they're not drawing, you know, up to a level that you would consider, you know, a, a second division standard, do they drop down and, and and what happens then? So that's the only concern I think they have. Um, I think they'll be fine. I think they've done the right thing in that they have put the team somewhere in a different market and they've, you know, put it out there in a market that, that can support it. It's a lot of money out there in, in Loudoun County. Um, and they've, you know, made it its own brand, its own identity in Loudon. It's not DC United two. It's not anything like that. It, it's, a, it's, it's an identity for that area. And I think that's, that's, that's good. And that's what I want. I, I, I am tired of playing in League One, playing Toronto FC2 and Orlando City B and playing Toronto FC2 in a four o'clock game on a Friday Um, and same with, I think North Texas is playing, we're playing, uh, on a, they're playing a a midweek game on a Wednesday. So, um, I'm, I don't like those types of moves because it's very, you know, I like the idea of a development, but I also want, I also want the, the leagues itself to grow. And I think that happens when you put those teams out in other markets. Um, funny enough, I was watching Seattle Sounders too, uh, uh, which is now Tacoma. Um, and they actually had a pretty decent crowd out there at their stadium. So I think they've started to sort of bring people in. Um, and even then they proved that you can actually play a soccer game on a baseball field and it not look completely terrible. So was this last weekend you watched Tacoma? Yes. Yes. I think it was. Didn't, didn't they
1: have a bunch of, uh, Sounders players like rehabbing that game or like on reserve? Were, I, I, I don't pay super attention to it, yeah. but it was, someone was saying like something about, you know, uh, that wasn't a really fair Sounders to line up for whoever they were playing. I think they, they
0: won. Right. Uh, I, I I watched a little bit of it. I, I can't remember. It was like it was these games were like ten o'clock. So like I were. Went-
1: are you telling me you don't watch every USL game, particularly the reserve side games at ten p.m. Eastern, and like you know take notes and tell me the one? I'm kind of disappointed.
0: I feel like our Patreon uh,
1: subscribers will be disappointed <laughs> at the level of coverage
0: we're providing. My wife likes soccer. This is more soccer than she signed up for. So I think adding more on top of that would not be a smart move on my
1: part. That is the, that is the wife of a soccer podcaster. That's on like the, <laughs> I think in all divorce proceedings, like it's like si- first, first condition. I watched Tacoma Sounders games uh, 10 PM on a weeknight. Uh, this, this is, <laughs> I get all of the money now.
0: The first condition is that it, 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 if a divorce ever happens and then they go to front of the judge and then they go to the judge. Oh, he hosted a soccer podcast. The Say judge- no more. <laughs> yeah, take everything. He gets everything. Gabble. You're living <laughs> a box. Speaking of which, call us in. Uh, 202-905-0454. You can see the number right up there. I'm going to get this one, one of these days right up there. Uh, so give us a call into the show. Um, a lot of y'all called in like the first time we did this. And now we've had like... Two callers, I think. Um, since then, I think they've all been Gregory. So we'd like some more people to come call into the show and to actually get involved in everything like that. We Brian is here as our as our person answering the phone. It's not me trying to frantically click buttons. Did you notice
1: how smooth that was? I yeah. gotta
0: give I to give props here. There was it was there was not like a
1: fifteen second uh, dead air time which we did last week. So you know it, a reason alone to call in because now you will actually get directly in. We so. have invested in these beautiful
0: graphics that you see right here. <laughs> these are handcrafted
1: more... artisan, artisan graphics that we've created.
0: Yes, so they are more professional. So we've done a lot for the show. But it works when you all call in and you all send us comments and questions and stuff like that. So please jump in with that. We're now on two locations now. We're now on YouTube and we are on Periscope on Twitter. So you don't even, you can watch us right from Twitter if you want. Um, so yeah, call in, call into the show. So uh Joanna Loman was on uh was
1: on the broadcast this weekend. And if you enjoyed that, she'll also be on our podcast sometime this week. So uh this is that was a subtle tease to have that out. We're gonna probably record that on video and put the clip up on YouTube, and we'll probably also uh release the audio in our podcast stream. So look forward to that. Uh she I think she did a great job in her first time. Uh she was we were talking before the game and she was talking about how this is her first time doing this. I was like, well. There's never any easier opportunity than remotely calling a game from a monitor, uh, in a, in like a, in like a conference room <laughs> in front of a giant television. It's never going to get easier than this. So enjoy. And I,
0: and I thought she did well. I thought she, she did, did really well. Um, I, I listened to about most of the, most of the broadcast and she, I thought she was, she did really well. I think it's it's easy having Dave Johnson there because Dave Johnson is just a legend and, I think he carries himself so well in the broadcast booth that it's probably, I mean, it's not like you have like, you know, it's your first game and you've got one of the no-name broadcasters that Fox Sports would hire for Fox Sports World Broadcast. Those are always hilarious watching some of those CONCACAF broadcasts. Um or yeah. you know, the Univision SAP broadcasters, I guess those are now the new oh boy. <laughs> Yikes! The new ones, the the new ones there. So um, so yeah, I mean, I, I but I thought she did a really good job. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to, um, uh, very much the word of the interview tomorrow with her. So that should be fun. It should be fun. Yeah. Call.
1: And I'm not normally one to plug other podcasts on our podcast, but I do recommend everyone go check out Roach's podcast with Pablo this past week, yes. where he where he decided that he uh, was going to uh, call out Ted Johnson, or or, (laughs) sorry, not Ted Johnson, Dave Johnson, D.C. Washington, all of the the, the sacred cows of the D.C. United experience. And he was sort of saying, like, all these things are actually bad. So uh, it was like a troll podcast. It was kind of weird. But then he also had an hour of Pablo basically giving him uh, the inside scoop. So check that out. Did we, yeah. did we mention Yamil Assad on the last, uh, last pod, the last we podcast? Or not, uh, well, we better. Where's, where's, uh, where's our
0: buddy? Where's Tim Fleisch? Yes. Tim,
1: Tim, I hope you're, also, I hope you're listening right now. I don't also, think you personal are.
0: Personal call out to Quincy Ameriqua to please call into the show.
1: That would be awesome. Yeah. If he does. Yeah. <laughs> if you're one of the very few people listening right now, if one of you is Quincy Ameriqua, that would be hilarious. But I wanted to say that, uh, so Yamil Assad. Uh, the, the, the often talked about many time requested Yamil Assad come back to DC United. It appears this may be happening very shortly. Yes. Uh, maybe not as shortly as we all assumed originally when this rumor came out. Uh, but it appears that Yamil Assad is going to sign a pre-contract with DC United, uh, for next year. There was conversation about him signing before the deadline today or yesterday, um, for the roster freeze and then going to play in Loudon, which would have been amazing, and I would have definitely gone to go see oh, more yeah, Loudon yeah. games if Yumail Assad was playing there. That would I would have
0: figured out a way to get there to go to, go to Loudon to see that happen.
1: That would have been hilarious. It would have been. It looks like that's not going to happen. It looks like he's going to sign because he has. He is about. I don't want to say he's as close to game ready as I am. He's probably somewhat closer than than I am to game ready. But it is. But it's not good right now. He has not played yeah. in like a year, basically. Um, so he needs to. Work. He needs to ramp up. Uh, so imagine that he will be signing for us for next year at the beginning of the season, uh, likely taking the place of one of the many loan players. We're talking with. We have an international roster spot situation there, and we also have a salary situation there. He's not going to be cheap. That's other. If he was cheap, he would have been on the roster already. Uh, they would have figured out how to make it happen. Obviously, that's not the deal here. Uh, so he may take Lucho's spot from a uh, from a maybe even a salary perspective. It may be like a one for one there. Uh, so. For you, uh, Yamil Assad super fans, and there are quite a few of you, uh, feel feel good about this. He will be on. He will likely be on this team next year. Um, so,
0: celebrate. yeah, yeah, and uh, I think there was a Greek club. I think that was also in the running. Um, I think their their transfer deadline ends. I don't know about free agents. How they operate with free agents, it might be they they still can sign them whenever. But I think there was. I think there, I think there was a Greek team that was also interested. So, I mean, he could, he could still conceivably end up there. I think if I'm, if I'm thinking about my career, though, I'm thinking like, you know, do I take the risky move out to Greece or I'm a player who needs a, a start right now and, you know, going someplace comfortable is probably potentially the smarter move, a place you know, not a place you're unfamiliar, especially when you've been, you know, you've been away from having regular, regular playing time. You come into a situation where you know you're going to be in, in competition for playing time and going to get playing time. Um, so I think that to me might drive this move. Um, of course, I think the real complication here has been, of course, Assad's agent. It's also Acosta's agent. Um, and he's, uh, yeah, he's done some interesting things. Let's just say the least. I think he, it seems to me like there's a lot of sort of maybe not outright blame, but there's sort of like this, you know, Acosta, you know, Acosta's agent. I don't even really know his name. I'm sure his name is out there, but um, the agent basically was the one who was like, yes, PSG wants to sign you Acosta right now. And he went to Dave Johnson and Dave was probably like, well, yeah, if he wants to sign, I'm sure. Yeah. We'll listen to that. And then it's like, when they get there, they're like, no, we're not really that interested. And then now you have the whole sod situation. So I think that has sort of played into, that has sort of played into this. So it'll be interesting to see what the resolution is um, and whether he keeps his agent, so to speak uh, for that. So this
1: would be the first time in recorded history where a soccer agent has not acted the best interest of his client uh, and has instead <laughs> been done badly. <laughs> That's yeah. a uh, if you followed soccer at all, particularly if you followed European soccer, that is a tale as old as time, unfortunately. Uh and and I I would imagine that Lucho does not does not feel well served by his uh by his agent. I, I assume that he'll get a real idea of that after this offseason and to see where he lands. If he lands at a place worse than where he played in Argentina, if he lands at uh, like sort of a lateral move there. Boca would be one thing. That's not happening. But if he landed somewhere along the lines of Independiente again, I think he would probably be pretty upset. So yeah. we'll we'll see how that goes. He's he seems to really like it here. You know, based solely on Instagram, he seems like his family's really happy here. They're always out. They're always doing stuff. Um I gotta as an aside, I gotta give it DC United players, they don't sit around on their off days. Like they're not like me like watching Office for the five thousandth time on Netflix. They are out like doing stuff. They're out. They're out t- painting the town red. Uh, I saw Russell Russell Knauss out with his wife last night at a, at a Nats game. He was drinking a bottle of Los Alamos at a at a restaurant. So you know these these players are out doing it, and I and I respect that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think good that's, for them. Yeah, that's good. It's good. It's good that they're out there, and it's good that they like. Where they are, I think. Russell Canales is extremely happy here. Paul Arriola, I think, is happy here. There, there's not a player here that has come here and, and been like, I want out of here right now. This is like awful, terrible. Um, I don't, who knows what Leonardo Hara's status is, but anything like that. But I guess the question, of course, comes if this team brings in Emil Assad, do you think Lucas Rodriguez is back? Because he actually, uh, he was one of the players in the Montreal game. I thought that played pretty well. Who? Hara? No, uh, Luke, Lucas Rodriguez. Yeah, I think, you know. I, I think
1: that we have seen him round more into what he's going to be, I think, at MLS, which is not going to be a game-breaker on a daily basis, on a, on a game-to-game basis. I think he's a really good complementary piece. Um, and depending on what his salary hits at, I don't know what it is. I, I know that uh, the transfer fee is over a million. Um, but if, if you're not counting on him to be the main creator, if he can be an auxiliary player, I think it's good. I think you could probably retain him. And there's also a chance that you could, if he does do better, there's a sell on opportunity. Uh, Whereas with Leo Hara, he's 29, 28. He's older. He's in his late twenties. This is probably going to be, you're not gonna be able to sell him on. So that when you look at who you're going to keep next year, also all that we've talked about with Hara has been his defensive liabilities after the midpoint of the season. In the beginning, it was like, man, this guy gets forward, man, he does, he he keeps the ball, he can dribble. Uh, But the, the shortcomings have been more and more exposed. And on a team that is not, sco- you know, last game aside, not scoring a million goals, you can't have any sort of real obvious weak points. So I would look for him to not uh, not stay with us next and, year. And,
0: and, that's the, and that's the question. I mean, we see him, you know, early in the season, he was really on fire. And I think a large part of why this team was able to sort of stay afloat. He was one of the few players that was playing really well. And as the season is worn on, I think the travel, I think the, the, MLS experience, the, the mental strength part of MLS, Uh, (laughs) the MSL, the, the the MSL. Yes. Quincy, there you go. I'm dropping your thing. So please call into the show. Um, The, the overall, that, that overall part of it has uh, has really worn on him. And I think you're seeing it out there when he's out there on the field. I mean, the team hasn't been playing well. And I think that prompted Olsen to to make the change. Um, So, I mean, it's kind of funny. He was sort of the one guy I was like, I think he'll definitely be back now. I'm like, I'm not so sure he's going to be back. And then with um, with Lucas Rodriguez, I think the thing about with Lucas Rodriguez, if Dave Casper or you know Ben Olson, if he's still the coach or whoever coach comes in, <laughs> <think> that <laughs> you,
1: you just know. made everybody had a heart attack by the way, but keep going.
0: Yeah, yeah I know, I did, I did, absolutely did. But um, I, I think if they think that there is another level to his game that a full season in MLS could make a difference, where having that full off season, you know, not you know the adjustment period's over, you know, you you know where to get your your Cheerios, you know where to get your groceries, you're living, you're comfortable, you're relaxed. If they think that can make a difference where he can come in next year, because we've seen that with certain players who don't hit it right off the bat, they get resigned and everybody's like, oh, well, you know, he didn't really play that well, you know, so I'm not sure what happened. And then they have a much better second season. Um, then I think you could potentially still see him back. But I think that's the ultimate question because if this guy's going to make, you know, the salary he's going to make, I think we do need to see another level from him that we haven't seen yet um otherwise i don't know if i necessarily want him back if they don't if they don't if they think this is that this is all we're going to get out of leonardo uh, out of uh lucas rodriguez then i'm thinking maybe you bring in Assad and you look somewhere else because um otherwise i i don't see the point in having another zoltan steber on the bench um another player that has a tremendous talent but just doesn't fit quite well and you and you need to kind of you know or doesn't bring anything really significant to the table that's worthy of his salary. Now, if you get him at $400,000, then sure, absolutely, bring him on in. But if he's making, you know, I mean, he might, he might, might, his salary might warrant one of the highest-paying salaries on the team, um, maybe short of uh, of, of uh, Paul Arriola at this point, um, or Ola Kamara, of interest. Like, he might be the third-highest-paid paid player. You know, we had the third-highest. Rodriguez? High- Rodriguez. <laughs> Okay oh, then, yeah, then no, right. <laughs> then yeah. no, thank
1: you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think too. I think you make a good point. I think that there is a, particularly if we're talking about a full, not a full rebuild, but a good chunk of a rebuild and you already have a little bit of evidence on him. There's, there's an argument to say uh, that you have a little bit, you, there's an argument that say you could sign him and you could pay him more because you have a little bit more, you're not shooting for a, a supporter shield and he has still has some room to grow into it. And then there's also a point where you'd say uh, we need to evaluate more, more players. We need to, we need to cast a wider net of, of actual difference makers. We can't afford at this rate to, to have him be uh, at his salary, to have him be uh, on and off again uh, uh, influence. So I think that's, it could go either way. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't cry if we don't keep him. I think that they, I, I would, I, I trust them to find another opportunity and, and identify another player. If you know, if they go that way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. By the way, people, the phone lines are open and you guys are are letting us down a little bit here. I'm going to go ahead and say, I I really, we, we would like for you all to call in. We don't care what you have to say. You know, you can say anything, really. You can talk about the movie you watch. You can say you saw the Joker movie at, you know the film festival it's at. And you thought it was amazing. You can call in and talk about that type of stuff.
1: Or you can, or you can tell us that you think actually it, the movie has a lot of uh, a lot to say about toxic masculinity and about, uh, about the way that uh, disaffected individuals identify themselves with uh, sort of uh, chaotic, chaotic forces. uh, And that's where the the Joker is sort of serves as a a negative influence on the the culture at large. That's another way you can go with it. Totally fine. Either way, whatever it's up to you. Um, but in general, I think I, I think that uh, with the fact that we don't have a game, a real game coming up for a while, I think that uh, I think that we should watch this game on Wednesday. I guess I think it'll be on Flow Sports. <laughs> I is um, it? I, I think it will be. It, yeah, you might be. You right know, with that. get watch it on there. Watch it on whatever means necessary. You want to do that? I, I I'm excited to see how re, uh, restful and recharged Wayne is after another week. Uh, another week
0: in England. What's yeah. up? Well, one thing I did want to mention, I don't know if you saw this, but there was an interesting, uh, so they had the uh, Seattle, I think it was Seattle at, um, or the the game in Seattle, between Seattle and uh, and the Los Angeles Galaxy. And Fox Sports, they had a march to the stadium. They always do, I think Seattle always does a march, a march to the stadium, and they all did that. And they displayed sort of anti-fascist political symbols sort of leading up to that game. And so... What Fox Sports did, rather than show that, is they showed an old March to the Match, and there was a guy saying like, "I guess I led last week's March to the Match from Montana," because he was apparently like featured as the, in in the front um, on that imagery. So kind of another we kind of another like just very odd like choice that MLS makes. Like they could have just not shown the March to the Match, and they probably still would have been you know reamed for it. But they wanted so bad to still give the image that you know there there's a huge crowd and a huge marching that they just pulled in some b-roll from like a previous game and just threw it in there and just hope no one would notice. Um, which is kind of funny because I think ev- eventually that's gonna get out. so that that was kind of funny, a funny weird moment, I guess last week. Did you hear about that at all? I did not. It fell off my radar. Uh, I do want to say if any
1: of you, I'm talking to Kyle Pollock in the chat, if any of you decide to buy, uh, the fast pass Disneyland uh, thing to go see Wayne Rooney at the meet the team day. I would give you my Jersey of it. I don't need to meet him. I saw, I met him on the street one time. I don't need to meet him again. I honestly just need this Jersey sign. So I don't not waste a hundred dollars. Please uh, DM me, <laughs> DM me on my, uh, on my personal Twitter account and uh, we'll try to get that squared away. If you're going to do that.
0: Tell, tell him about the podcast too. Tell yeah, him. Yeah, no, we'll uh, give you a sticker. We'll give you a sticker to leave on the table. Yes. Uh, Give him an RFK Refugee sticker and get a picture of him holding the sticker. And Yes. Uh, yeah. I don't know what we'll get. We'll figure out something to give you for that, but that would be awesome. We'll feature so We've only got... Go ahead. What's that? We'll feature it on the show somewhere. We'll feature yeah. it. We'll only have two more home games. Um, I'm going
1: to... I have a bunch of stickers here. I'm going to make sure that I give these out to everyone that wants them. There are still a few people that don't have these stickers. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of people who don't have these stickers. I haven't given out that many. But those are the two games I'll be at, so I will post up same as I did last time. In the this is you know long in advance, I'm sure I'll remind you on Twitter. Uh, but I'll but I'll hang out in the Heineken Bar and, and meet anybody that wants to go talk about a, a DC United stupid soccer podcast. And I'll wave to them, yes, and give them a free T sticker.
0: All right, I think that will just about do it. Uh, we are always on. We are on twitter.com slash dot patreon.com slash Uh You can also get us on the Facebook. Uh, you can listen to this show and podcast pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts. We have it pretty much anywhere. If you don't have it somewhere, just let me know, and I can go about doing that. It's really easy to get podcasts up there probably a metaphor for something but um yeah it's almost like it's almost like the it's too easy it's almost like the bar for creating
1: podcasts is now too low and there are too many podcasts it's almost (laughs) like that except for ours we we are the grandfathered in the last podcast that need to be made and everybody else after us is
0: yes we we are the second we are the second podcast to get in the door and then everybody else kind of jumped on it so probably because you know they realized people realize how easy it is so (laughs) this (laughs) is Alright, uh, thank you all so, so much uh, for listening to the show. Uh, no game this week, so we will catch you all next week. Uh, vamos! Vamos! I got these things
2: can do it. I'm on the knowing that you're in.